This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 155. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how goes it today? It goes well. That is great. I'm doing well as well. So what are we talking about today, Lisa? Today we are talking about entering your artwork into competitions. There was a time that you could view all of the podcasts, you could hear all the, you could get the, the feed of all the podcasts that we've done. But it's come to my attention that that is not the case any longer, and iTunes itself uh, does not allow you to go back past, I think it's uh, show 55 or something like that. So we thought we would talk about some of these things that we've talked about in the past, but we've got a different take on certain things, and it's a new conversation today. But we have covered entering contests and competitions in the past, but no one can hear that anymore. So (laughs) this ought to be interesting. So I used to enter competitions quite a bit when I was younger, when I first started painting. Anything that was available, usually it would be, I think I did one thing through the city of, was it Ontario, I think? Um, I did a lot in Southern California. And there's definitely some pros to entering these and some cons. So we want to talk about that so you know what to expect before you get started. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing to enter shows, but you need to be equipped with the information and know why you're entering the shows in the first place. I have entered shows also in the past, uh, both online and some that are in physical locations where I've attended as well. There needs to be some clear uh, strategies for your business on why you would want to do that or your hobby if you're wanting to do that. You know, don't just do it blindly. For one thing, it can cost you a lot of money. Should and you, it can be really discouraging. It if can you go in with be the right, very discouraging. The wrong mind frame. It really can be. You can set yourself up with all these high hopes, uh, only to have them dashed to pieces. What are the reasons? Let's just talk about that. What are the reasons then? What should you have in your mind as being some good reasons for entering contests? I think one of the things that maybe is a good reason is just to enjoy that type of experience to have. You know, that collaboration with other artists, that kind of thing. And it's a fun thing to do if it's the right genre for your art and if it's headed in the right direction for you in in your business and in your uh, hobby, if it's a hobby for you. So if it if it fits that bill, if you evaluate the contest and you think, okay, or the competition, is this something that will help me? with my career goals or with my my uh, you know my hobby, my evening hobby or whatever, uh, is this something that I can I can take it or leave it? Is it going to be discouraging if I'm not even accepted into the contest if I enter and they don't accept me? So that's something I would say up front. Always be prepared for. Be prepared for 
not being accepted at all because that is that can happen. That's likely to happen. And so you want to prepare for the best outcome and for the worst outcome. And then what is your take on that? What should be your approach? You know, how do you feel about that before you ever enter into yeah. it? If you're going to be the type of person who that would discourage you to the point where you think, why am I doing this? I'm not going to paint anymore. Don't do it. Don't enter it. This is not the right activity for you. There's not one right. It it kind of makes me laugh because a lot of people get in their heads that there's a certain path to being an artist, that your end goal all needs to be the same for being an artist. I was reading a comment on YouTube the other day and somebody was commenting on how if you paint wildlife art, you're never going to get into galleries in New York or LA. Well, actually, there are galleries in both locations that would feature that, but I get what they mean. The big, huge galleries, the big art shows. You know what? That's not my goal. It doesn't matter to me. I want to create the work I want to. So you have to, I think, have a clear understanding of Mm -hmm. what is your goal. Yeah. And what the point is of you doing that. And like John said, the genre is such a big deal, making sure that you're entering a competition that is the right one. A lot of the competitions that I entered, I would say probably a handful of them, were put on by a group of retired individuals who were basically, it was like their club. This is something we do because we're kind of bored. They weren't really, their goal was not to go forward with their art as much as to hang out, display the art they created and vote for each other. Anyone who was not a part of their their community that, you know, the, the small community that put it on, they weren't going to win. And so coming in as a young artist, initially, that was really discouraging for me until I saw the pattern of, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. It, it I don't even know how much they were looking at the art as who the artist was. A lot like dog shows, actually. But huh. they, that was kind of an interesting thing for me to realize is I would see artwork and you go in oftentimes in the beginning expecting to win. Like you're, you're so proud of what you've done and you think I'm going to win. Probably not. You know, only a few handful of people are going to win and you may have hundreds and hundreds of entries. But the bigger thing for me was to see how much artwork that I really admired that was just technically, you know, realism um, was what I was always drawn to. That was so beautiful. So many aspects of it were amazing. And the only thing that a lot of these the judges were choosing were abstracts. So that doesn't make sense if you're going in to win, to go into a show or, you know, you can research to an extent what the judges like, what kind of artwork they produce to see what what they're interested in. But going and being a part of it, the the way that I looked at it made a difference. If I went into it, just I want to go hang out with other artists. I want to display my work and have fun. Then I had fun. If I went in earlier on to these same shows, the first few, I went in hoping to win. I I mean, you think I'm entering a a competition. I want to win. Mm -hmm. And that just wasn't happening in these shows. And until I I shifted the way that I viewed them. I didn't have fun at all. I mean, I and I have won awards, but for the most part, and it it was from another artist who worked in realism that that awarded me. But for the most part, until I shifted the way that I viewed these shows, I didn't have fun with them. They were actually very discouraging to see the abstract rooster was the one that that took the mayor's award. I that one always stuck in my head. This abstract rooster. It wasn't he wasn't um by most standards done well for an abstract. It, yeah. it was um I mean I know it's all subjective, but it was so frustrating because there was so much work that was so ama- and I mean like well beyond mine. So it's not an issue of I'm jealous I didn't win. It was there was amazing work there that didn't even get looked twice at. It didn't even get an honorable mention, nothing. And I think you have to go in expecting that. If you can go in expecting that, go in. If you win, great. But go in to have fun. That will make a huge difference in your experience. Yeah. One of the things about it is that 
the more prepared that you can be, the better. And so let me back up for a moment then. If there's a show that you're just now becoming aware of, maybe you went to, you know, call for entry online and you looked up some shows that you might be interested in, then find out as much about them as you possibly can. And I would even recommend, especially if you're new to this and you've not entered before, even looking at some of the specs and requirements that they have right now and looking at it this year, evaluating it and then looking at the past, you know, uh, shows that they've had, research who the judges were, kind of work they've produced, that kind of thing. And then maybe even wait a year and see if you still feel the same way and you want to do it next year, depending on, you know, what your goals are again and if you really want to front up that money. Sometimes it costs a lot of money to get into some of these shows and then there's hardly any uh, return on that kind of investment. But, that was definitely a problem for me early yeah. on, too, because I didn't have a lot of money. I was really doing the starving artist thing. And I'm like, I'm putting money into these shows yeah. hoping to win. But and if you're, I could put this money into art supplies yeah, instead. That makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, or yeah, in, in supplies to create commissions, you know, and get paid yeah. for some, you know, real money. But yeah, if you're entering a ton of shows, you're, you're, you're spending a lot of money. Because it's not just the entry fee on some of these. If it's not just an online show, if it's something that is a, at a physical location, you're to mail in your piece and you have a lot of requirements they want that framed usually they wanted a certain type of glass on it I mean, there's a lot of requirements that go into it and then you have to have it insured i mean uh, who is the judge? That that I think is a really big one. And to your point, you made it a moment ago, Lisa. There is one uh, judge here who judged a, a competition. I'm not going to say which competition it was, but her husband actually worked in realism quite a bit. But they were supposed to both judge the show, and then he ended up not judging the show. Only she did. She was a contemporary artist. Well, how how much realism do you think you know uh, she was into? Not very much, you know. So, I mean, that... Yeah, you know, that we have to, to me do the same with any time kind of you get into shows and during, um, the, a really easy comparison for me are dog shows. Uh, some of you know, I, I showed my studio assistants, number one and two, are, were both do- show dogs. And one of the things that you you want to do when you're looking at shows because they get, especially AKC shows, oh my gosh, they get expensive. But UKC is the same. I mean, you you have certain judges that are looking for certain things and you have to learn like... In UKC, where you don't have as many maybe Italian Greyhounds entered, which is what I have, I've got to look at who the group judges are going to be. Be aware of that because some of those judges will only vote for, or we knew going in, they only liked really poofy dogs, dogs with a lot of hair, which is ridiculous because that has nothing to do with with breed stand, you know, making it a better dog. But for some reason, that was actually really, really common that certain judges would only want certain types, or even with AKC, where you're showing just against the Italian other Italian Greyhounds, you'd have certain judges that for whatever reason would only choose red dogs or would you'd go through phases where they'd only choose blue dogs well then there's no reason if they're only going to choose a red dog for me to enter my blue dog so that's um you know you you want to be aware of that so you're if if your goal is to win you don't want to lose the money now on the flip side there are people who showed in those shows just like with art who they just had fun they just went they liked the environment they didn't really care that much if they won or lost they wanted to go and be a part of the experience so and neither is right or wrong you just have to be very well aware of what your goals are in doing this and i think you've got to be realistic too so often and it's the same with dog shows so often we think what we have is so much better than what 
it might actually be. With dog shows, it's called kennel blindness, where a breeder doesn't see any faults in their own dogs. Everything, as far as they're concerned, everything is perfect, even though they may have some really glaring faults, like the structurally in the way the dog is, is built or behavior-wise, whatever. But they don't see it at all. And I think we do that a lot as artists, too. We can... It's, I think it's important for us to be proud of what we do and love the work that we've created, but also be realistic in there's always going to be other artists who are better than us. And if you don't understand that and don't really let that, you know, sink in, you're going to be really discouraged and really angry when the judge doesn't vote for you because you're so blinded and you think that your stuff is genuinely better than everybody else's. I've seen that. I judged a show a few, a couple of years ago. And I had some of the comments that I got from people who were so angry that their work wasn't chosen. But the re- the reality of it is that they were newer artists. It's not that they weren't going to be amazing. They just weren't there yet. And they were up against a lot of professional artists. But I got a lot of messages from people who were furious that they didn't win. And it's like they couldn't see, they genuinely couldn't see the difference between their work and the work of those that that was chosen, all working mostly in realism. So being aware, just being more self-aware of what you're creating can help too. And that doesn't mean what you're creating is bad. It's just that's the stage you're at right now. But it can be really discouraging if you think that your work is a lot better than it actually is or a lot better than what others are viewing it. And you don't, get awarded the way you think you should. Um, Those are the people who did not enjoy the competition. They were angry. They were, you know, I saw some really unhappy artists, which is sad. I don't want to see artists be unhappy, but they were not realistic about the work that they were creating in comparison to some of the other more advanced artists who had been doing this for 20 or 30 years. Well, a lot of artists, I mean, we're emotional people, and especially newer artists and starting out, you you know, you you feel like stabbing yourself in the gut every time you put something out there in public yeah. when you're new, and you're and you're like, wow, I just I just put you know, I just laid that all out there. It's like exposing all of your feelings right out there for everyone to critique and to uh, you know examine under a spotlight. That's how it feels. You have to be ready for that if you're going to enter a competition. Now, sometimes there'll be somebody who will come by, you know, and judge a show without being the judge. You know, they'll do a write-up in the local paper or something like that. That happened recently that I remember reading about this, that there were some very, um, I don't want to say nasty comments, but I'll say nasty comments that were made about some of the pieces that they were viewing. And these were advanced artists and uh, career artists that uh, created these pieces, but they were they just got this scathing rebuke for, you know, some of the pieces that, that they had entered into the show. And this person, you know, critiqued it and said disparaging things, you know, very pejorative comments like there was a gaudy kind of um, subject matter on this one this one looked like they'd never drawn a portrait before this one was blah 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 it's just you know na- nasty comments and if you don't have thick enough skin for that then that's really going to make you go crying out in the street and traffic uh so it is something to keep in mind think about the fact that you're putting something out there and you're opening yourself up you're giving everyone anyone who views it a license to go ahead and make comments and to critique what you've done and to rank you. Yeah. And even if you get to the point where you're like, you know, I'm not ready to hear that sort of comment on my work. That doesn't mean that you won't eventually or that that's something that you won't ever enjoy. You know, 
Yeah, you'll develop a thick skin. You really will. Yeah, it's kind of like the YouTube comments that I always tell people when you start a YouTube oh, yeah. channel. You get some nasty comments, but you do develop that thick skin where you're just like, whatever. And I think that that happens with our artwork as well in in show, showing things. One other thing that I wanted to mention with regard to planning, preparing for the competition that you're interested in is I found it helpful when I entered more shows to use a Google Calendar, any type of planning system, and just sort of plan ahead and give yourself reminders, event reminders, maybe several months in advance if you're going to create work for a particular show. My mom always claimed that I never did any art at all. I never never uh, picked up a pencil, did any art, unless there was a competition that I heard about <laughs> or something when I was a kid in school. And that alone may be a really good reason to enter competitions. Yeah, if it true. motivates you to get, get stuff done, get, then get that right done. there is It wasn't so true. I always remind her. I said, Mom, that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> and she has all my artwork, and I wonder where that is. I don't know where any of my childhood <laughs> artwork is. But anyway... Uh, I digress. We're going to talk about the dog show again here, right, Lisa? The dog and pony <laughs> show by John and Lisa. Anyway, so if you understand from the beginning what your calendar will look like for the entire year, you know, if you're going to be aggressive about the schedule and say, I'm going to enter three shows this year, I'm going to enter five or whatever, that would be very aggressive. But if you decide something like that, I would highly encourage you to put everything down in a Google calendar and then get event reminders before, you know, set those up to give yourself reminders on how many months out you need or weeks. It may actually spur you to go ahead and create things if uh, that's a motivator for you, then it, it may be something that you, you might want to consider. Definitely. Another thing that you want to consider when you go into these competitions, read the rules carefully. Yeah. Th this, I cannot stress enough. A lot of competitions, I would say the majority of any of them that are serious, do not want you using somebody else's reference photo, for right. example. Right, right. They don't want a whole bunch of, you know, they have three artists in the same show that all use the same reference photo. That is not what they want. No. Well, personally, I think that's a very good rule. Be the originator of your own concept. D don't enter it then. If you don't like their rules, don't enter it. Yeah. But don't, you know, don't let it discourage you. That may just not be the show you want to enter if that's the case. But make sure you read the rules. It may be the type of frame you had, like John mentioned earlier. The size of the work. the I mean, there can be so many different yeah. things. Make sure you're aware of those rules. Now, not all of them are going to have the same rules. There have been times and where the own people working there, because I'll do oil over acrylic, the entire top painting or top of the painting will be oil painting. So it could be considered just an oil. It could be considered... I didn't know what the judges want or what the shows wanted. They couldn't tell me. So sometimes you'll have employees there that they have no idea what their own rules are and how they want things put up. But so you may want to ask if you've got a question, ask before you go to drop off the artwork. I had that problem once. Um, I just had to pick one and they didn't seem to care one way or another. But I also I remember too, when I used to enter art shows, the difference in the reception that I got from the people who worked there. Like I said, most of the people I was going to, I was about 1920 at the time 21. And a lot most of the these shows were basically just for fun for a re uh, the retired community in the area. 
And so I was already, I had bright stop sign red hair. So I was already judged pretty negatively by the older generation. And then, of course, they weren't going to vote for anything outside of their group anyway. But it was kind of funny. The reception that I got back then versus now is very, very different. And I think that reception alone can be discouraging for a lot of artists, especially if you're young. That is something that you may get. You may get older artists that have this elitist attitude that that had this elitist attitude. I mean, I've been let, one of the groups that I was, I actually was a member of, they let me join. It was an art association and I was judged so heavily and I could get these really negative comments from some of the, this one older lady who sat next to me once. She wanted to know where I went to school and I told her, you know, I'm self-taught and she was so negative. She lectured me for a good five minutes on why if you want to be a real artist, you need to go get a degree. You need to do this. You need to do that. The funny thing is at the end of that meeting, meeting, she had displayed her work and she stood up next to it. And it was like, okay, you're, she was doing um, a seascape, which was funny because that's, you know, what I specialized in. And it was like, I'm not sure you're in a place to lecture me, lady. But she was so over the top rude with, I don't, I think she was trying to be helpful, but she kept doing, making these comments that I was like, geez, are you serious right now? I mean, you can get that type of reception, especially I found it when I, I don't get it now, but when I was younger and had the bright, you know, the red or the purple hair, I definitely got a lot of attitude from some of the members at these shows where it was just like, oh my gosh, I I didn't let that discourage me because I know of a lot of my students that I've worked with would have been discouraged by the same type of reception where it's like, why am I going to this? Why am I a part of this? And I think the other thing too, one thing that's really nice with many of these shows, most of them allow you to sell the work there. Um, you can put a price on it and you may sell, sell. I sold one of those shows. Actually, one of the shows that that woman that, that was so rude to me was at, she, my painting sold for more than any other painting at the entire show, but they were, all the people, members were making such a big deal of it. Whose painting is that? And then when they brought me in and, and saw whose it was, they were, uh, quite a few of them were quite shocked, but it was funny. It's like, well, what's the point then? I, I would rather make the sale than get a, a 50 cent ribbon. Yeah, That's a bigger deal to me. Lisa's a big deal. I think that's the takeaway. I'm, no. I'm just teasing with you. <laughs> that so was here's years the- ago. <laughs> the, another thing I want to so bring up the- too. Oh, okay, go ahead. Another thing I want to bring up is, is the show going to be safe? There are many galleries, and I'm making air quotations that you can't see, that I felt like them. to pretend that they're a gallery, but they don't know what the heck they're doing. And your work is not safe. I experienced this here locally in Texas. There was a, a gallery, again, air quotes, that I went to or displayed my work in, and they had a band, it was actually my band at the time, played there that night at the show. And there were people leaning up against the artwork on the walls. The gallery, again, air quotes, was not doing anything to try to keep this work safe. And it was really frustrating to see that I'm running around trying to get off the, stop leaning on the artwork. I'm not really bitter, but I'm experienced in this area. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, I I entered a show and my piece uh, got dropped by somebody who was uh, putting it up or whatever. I never got a straight story on what happened. Broke my over $200 frame. Tough luck. I mean, this is the way it goes. You have to know that kind of thing can happen. 
Yeah, and so, again, some of these galleries that are, are basically pretend galleries, little hole in the wall, I want to be fancy, and a lot of times you can tell by the work displayed there, in this case, this gallery, when it first started, some of the local artists did display really nice work, and as time went on, they realized not only do things not sell, they're not being kept safe, and it got to the point where the only artwork that was really being displayed there was, like, held up by thumbtacks, like, it was artwork done in charcoal that wasn't even framed. They put thumbtacks to put it on the wall. I mean, it was ridiculous. Research. Be aware of this sort of thing. What? Yeah, if they're accepting work that you look at and you're like, something doesn't seem right here, I would I would not trust them with my artwork again. Another thing that you can do, what I've done when displaying stuff is, if I'm not sure, but I still want to be a part of it, like the Frisco City Hall, they have their art in the atrium every year. I've been a part of it for years. But when I first wanted to do this, I thought... I'm not sure how safe the artwork is. Or, you know, is a kid going to come by with a black Sharpie marker and draw all over the painting? So I entered things that weren't as important to me. Now, that was not a competition. That's just a display. And that's my favorite type of thing to be a part of because you're a part of a community of artists. You get to display your work with other artists without having to go through the this person being judged, that person being judged. It's just a fun thing to be a part of. But with that, my concern was safety. And so I entered artwork that if something did happen to it, I wouldn't be totally crushed. Um, I mean, you always would be to an extent. Extent. But I, I, for the first couple of years, did not enter what I would consider my best or my favorite paintings just because I, I wanted to make sure that over the years nothing happened and anything can still happen. But that was that worked out really well for me to test those waters because seriously, some of these places, like I said, they just don't care. They, they don't do anything to try to protect the artwork. So be aware of that. And are they insured? That may be something to consider. Another one, this one really gets me when you talk about the cost of art shows. Some of them, like this gallery that I'm doing in air quotes, was doing, they wanted you to pay for an entry, or they were talking about, I don't know if they ended up passing this, but they wanted you to pay for the entry, and then they were going to take a commission if anything sold. They were double dipping there, and that's not, some places do it, but I, yeah, that's not. Well, there's the actually a lot of them that do that. The, the sponsoring like body it. will take some money. The gallery will take some money. And so you have to price accordingly and figure out, you know, you, that's, again, doing your homework, figuring all that out ahead of time, evaluating the gallery, like you mentioned. That's that's your homework. you got to do all of that before you ever uh, go, go. Don't go into this stuff blind. Yeah, uh, I mean, do I your accept. Research, you know? that you're going to pay a fee for a juried show. I accept that if I'm displaying it at gallery itself, that it's going to be on display longer and they're trying to sell it for you, they're going to take a cut. Personally, I don't like the crossover there. I, I it's you're, you're taking money. Well, you might get thumbtacks and Sharpies then, I guess. Again, in this case, this was a gallery who was... Yeah, you got to do your research and find out. Yeah, if you're not wanting to do that, then don't enter that show. Yeah. yeah. And it's not something that I'm going to go have a tantrum and yell at them and write right, articles. I'm right, just not going right. to enter. That It's not for me. I don't like the way that they, they're running their business in many aspects in this case. Now, if it was an amazing gallery that had a good track record of selling artwork, I probably would go ahead and do it anyway. But that was definitely not the case here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to evaluate the gallery and the, the sponsoring body who is displaying the artwork. And, uh, you know, what, what kind of track record have they had in the past? And figure all of those things out ahead of time so there are probably some differences in entering a colored pencil 
art show versus more traditional media. Some of those things will also be stipulated in the requirements for entering the show. Again, I think, Lisa, I think you covered this, but more than likely, there's always going to be some type of limit on the size, on how big and how small. And then, you know, all of those rules, that reading over all of that stuff and making sure that you have all your questions answered beforehand is very, very important. Yeah. And especially like if you enter something like CPSA, you're going to have a very strict set of rules of what is considered mixed media or like you can't use touch up uh, touch up texture, titanium white mixture that I use for my white highlights. That is not allowed with CPSA. And you can do it on their mixed media, but you can't do it on their like full 100 percent colored pencil. Yeah, the international exhibition is the one that is full 100 percent colored pencil. Now, they used to accept Neocolor 2, the water-soluble wax pastel, but they no longer uh, accept that one. So you have to make sure you're up on the current rules for you know what you're going to be entering and if they're uh, actually going to allow that. They used to allow ink tints. I think they still do allow ink tints. They've always allowed water-soluble or watercolor-type colored pencils. And so you just have to read the rules again. It, it comes down to that. Maybe you have something you would like to express in this conversation. You can comment over in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. You can always reach out to us on social media, Lisa's at Lockery. I'm always at Sharpened Artist. And this is a weekly show, so we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.